Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, Les Bubka here. Axe Black Belt podcast returns. Uh, after our recent seminar, uh, quite a few of attendees talked to me about uh, enjoying listening to the podcast. Asked me if I will be uh, thinking about recording some more stuff. Um, and uh, you convinced me. So uh, we're going to start recording, uh, not on a regular basis, but from time to time, uh, episodes uh, with interesting people or my thoughts and whatever uh, but the format going to change a little bit so we're going to do a half an hour uh, maybe 45 minutes conversations we'll see what they're going to be uh, about um, this one is with great sensei Joe Andrews from Somerset Applied Karate um, and we're talking about his departure from his club and how that affected him mentally and emotionally um, um, I hope you're gonna enjoy it um, it's a very gripping story and uh, a lot of emotions involved and I think most of us can relate in some way to uh, what Joe is saying and uh, definitely I do uh, I had a departure with my teacher which was um, equally emotional and uh, a little bit different. Maybe I can uh, describe that in one of the podcasts, but this one is about Joe. And I hope that um, you're going to enjoy it. Um, you're going to find links to Joe's website, Facebook and stuff like that in the description below. If you would like to um, support Anxious Black Belt, um, you can head up to um, our website uh, www.lesbubka.co.uk where you can do uh, purchases of t-shirts, books, badges or you can go and find us on uh, buy me a coffee if you want to, like to buy me a coffee that would be great uh, all those funds going into supporting our students at the moment we've got people with uh, mental health um, cancer uh, and other physical issues that need our support, especially with uh, all the prices of energy going up. I want to make sure that uh, students are training and they've got availability. So the seminar in November, all the funds going uh, to support those students. We also open up for a Ukrainian refugees. So we've got a um, couple of people joining us and uh, they training with us, we're providing the gear till they cannot stand the, till they get on their feet. Um, some of them uh, start doing jobs and stuff like that, so hopefully they can contribute to the club. But um, moving to a new country, there are more immediate needs like housing and bills and all the other stuff um, involved in moving to the country with from the country consumed by war where you couldn't take anything with with yourself 
So um, if you're going to support, go to Buy Me A Coffee or our website or join us on seminars. We will be much appreciated. All the funds are going to go uh, to those in need. Um, also, the Karate for Mental Health is spreading. Now we've got the seminars in Scotland. That's going to be supporting a Scottish part of the clubs. Uh, we've got Wales. That's going again to um, Welsh side of things. Uh, and they're going to support their students and organization in need in that part of UK. All right. Enough of me talking. Um, let's have a chat with um, Joe. I hope you're going to enjoy it. If you do, please share, like and comment and all the internet stuff, which I'm rubbish at. Well, okay, so after this um, little hiccup, um, how are you, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well, Les. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Uh, stress levels up because the Zoom didn't want to work, but hey ho, uh, we have managed to solve it out. Um, so I was listening to your... Um, podcast with uh, whistle kicks martial arts radio yeah. and i thought that your experience uh with your teacher uh being really not friendly with you and kind of disconnecting completely would be interesting from a point of view of mental health uh yeah my 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 teacher um always was open till recently a couple of years ago he completely changed and um, started telling us that we cannot do this and that. But he had the underlying uh, alcohol problem and stuff like that. So mentally he changed. But it was um, hearing, you know, that he doesn't want to have nothing to do with me anymore. It was like a huge kick in the teeth. And I felt really bad about it. Therefore, even if that wasn't my fault. So I was going to pick your brain about how how did you felt about you know your departure with your teacher and stuff and maybe give us some uh, feedback as i remember you've been saying about how the his approach to uh, martial arts and life was a bit um different than usual yeah no i'd, I'd be happy to to um to discuss it because i know that i know that when i discussed it with whistle kick i discussed it um as kind of a story Whereas I'm 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 very happy to go over it, how how it affected me emotionally, mentally, um, and it did, it did affect my life. You know, I, maybe people not in the martial art world maybe they wouldn't understand, but it was uh, it was a very very big moment in my life. So, and I'm sure it's a situation that a lot of people would relate to, even if they're not martial artists. So. Yeah, we invest um, a lot of time in different things, and you put invest time and emotion and stuff. It's always a a really bad sensation feeling when you kind of departure from that world. Yeah, it it also doesn't help um, when you try you try to talk to people about it that might they might know um, that world, but it depends what world they're in. And that's, that's something I noticed straight away when I, when I left the traditional world or when I went, when I went off my own and started developing and sort of moving towards the applied world, I started to realize, okay, in this world of martial arts and in this world of karate, there is more than one world. There's more than one community. So for a while, it felt like I was, um, I found it very difficult to talk to 
traditional karate practitioners because I was trying to explain how I felt about the way that I was taught and they didn't see it as an issue mm-hmm. because they were in that world. I'll give you an example. I, um, it was only when I left and actually the, 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 the sort of three or four years running up to it. And then after I left that as I got older and did my old, did my own studies, I started looking into um, Japanese culture and looking at the, the, um, the inception of, modern traditional karate and the thing i started to notice was that there is a way that the japanese teach karate and there's a way that westerners teach karate the same as i'm sure the the uk teachers will teach differently to american teachers so it become it starts to become a cultural thing and i think um what i started to notice was i was expected to do karate from the perspective of someone doing a, doing a Japanese martial art. I had to do it because I did a Japanese martial art. I had to do it the Japanese way. So this kind of all or nothing idea um, was very apparent. I mean, that was very apparent even when I was a kid doing karate that you either put a hundred percent of your life into it or you didn't. Um, put any any effort into it now there was a very interesting episode of conversation on karate that i listened to with um james hatch and he was talking about karate from the japanese perspective because he he spent some time out there and he was talking about this um this principle of harmony the harmony from a from the japanese perspective and he said they have they have this different definition of harmony harmony is to is to lie to somebody for the greater good yeah so the example that he gave was that if i trained with somebody else as well as my normal teacher or my regular teacher it's best not to tell them if that's what they if they don't want me to go and train with other people mm-hmm. it's best to say nothing to to make everybody happy that's kind of a japanese principle of harmony that's that's that was that was really familiar when when he said this well yeah yeah that's exactly what i'm going through because i actually without naming names there are other students from that club that left specifically for that reason is that they were training with other people he didn't like it and it erupted into this this big disagreement and he ended up leaving so it's not just me. It's not just me that's leaving this club. There's lots of lots of students have left, but for lots of reasons. Yeah, I've been, I've been involved in a club as well when I just moved to UK. Um, the same uh, same organization, two different clubs, and students couldn't say they're training in that club. Yeah, upset the other teacher. It's, it's just madness. But if you look back at the Japanese history of karate, that's what they did. Hmm. This is this is what even this. I was a student, and even I was thinking. Yeah, but the founders of these styles, that's where the styles came from. They were training with everybody. They mm. were training with each other. So I did, so for my, for my fourth Dan, I, I, instead of doing a, a, a thesis, I did a lineage. Instead, I wanted to show that I had done my studies. And what I noticed in this lineage was that for several hundred years, every one teacher had one student. Then that student became a teacher and then they had a student. And then there was this period of time, it was around the 1800s-ish, you know, 
bleed into the other centuries. But for, for that period of time, it just looked like spaghetti on a plate. Funakoshi, uh, Masuyama, uh, every, everyone was training with everyone. Mm-hmm. Cross-crossing over your sort of um, Tamarite, Nahate, Shurite, everyone was training with everyone. And then it went linear again. Mm-hmm. And that's where the styles came from. So what we're trying to do is get things back to that time when we were going and training with other people, whether they did the same style of, as, as us or not. Mm. And that was quite inspiring when I first joined the, the, BC, the BCKA. Um, so it's interesting how that kind of got lost. I mean, there are, there are reasons why it got lost, but that's for another day. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so when I... So when I left, I was trying to confide in people that I was still friends with mm-hmm. in the traditional world. And they, 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 they didn't get, they didn't understand what the problem was. A lot of them, they didn't, they didn't see what, what he was doing was wrong. Mm. Um, they've been, they've been brainwashed, right? Because we all have been in some stage in martial arts. Yeah. yeah. So the same, the same with me, only it took me to leave and do applied cry to make me realize that, yeah, there is a whole other world where there is a lot more freedom. Um, that wasn't the reason for leaving. Mm-hmm. I left for other reasons, but um, yeah, the emotional side of it, it was, so there was a four year period where there was a lot of red flags popping up. There was, um, I felt like I was, I was being used. Mm -hmm. I was, um, I feel like my own feelings were being disregarded. It didn't really matter. The, the answer to the, 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 the the cure to every problem was just train, Mm -hmm. which I get, I get that. But you know, when you've got someone that's trying to confide in you and trying to, talk about your problems the answer isn't always just train train is gonna go away isn't it? just when i think when i think of him saying that it does send a shiver up my spine because that was always his answer to everything it's like you, you, you sound like a robot when when you talk like that and so these yeah so there's lots of these red flags and i said before about this you know i got a list i've been given a list of all these classes I had to take. And there were weeks and weeks and weeks of classes mm-hmm. that I wasn't getting paid for. I didn't get anything for it other than, you know, being taught stuff in between that. But with a traditional syllabus, you get to a point where you, 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 you know, everything. Yeah. You don't learn anything new. You, you just, you just improve on the things you already know. So I was starting to feel a bit lost by this point anyway. Mm-hmm over a course of that bear, bear in mind at this time i was like a fourth dan and i was thinking i should probably have my own class yeah. we should be we should be talking about it at this point and in my entire karate career in that club we only talked about me being a teacher once what once the whole the whole this was 20 years and even then he said you would be a sister club so mm. you would you would be completely under my reign. So I would tell you what to teach. You cannot teach where I teach. You'd have to go somewhere else. 
all of your gradings would, would be done by him. So even even if I did have my own club, I'd have no control over it. It would be a franchise, right? It would be a franchise, yeah. So that was his idea of my progression, which is very um, very heavy. It, f- it felt like a big weight. It felt it felt like um, having reins mm-hmm. on me. Like I was a bit like I'm perfectly capable of being able to run a club on my own, but I wasn't able to. And then there was all the feelings I had when I left, which mm-hmm. I felt a lot of things. I felt anger. I was confused. I was obviously upset. I was happy. I was relieved. It was mm-hmm. very, very, yeah, very confusing. Um, for about three years. It was a very long three years. Mm. So how, how did you prepare yourself to have a conversation? Because for, for me and my teacher, it took a lot of um, mental capability to prepare myself how the a conversation gonna go about my departure and stuff and obviously created a plan how it's gonna go but the plan didn't work out so you kind of panic during during the conversation how did that go for you did you have the like you know oh, i'm gonna tell him this 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 he's gonna reply this is this and that's gonna go or did you go oh fuck it i'm just gonna go and speak to him so right the 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 lead up to to us falling out actually came from a conversation that happened earlier that day mm. um, which was unrelated so right how to do this long story short so i i used to give a student a lift to tai chi mm-hmm. um it was a favor it was it was very 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 familiar actually very mm-hmm. sort of can i have a lift can i have a lift can i have a lift? And then it just became expected yeah, yeah. i went on holiday and I saw this back and forth message between this this student and my teacher's wife mm-hmm. saying, um, I would come to Tai Chi tonight, but oh, I don't I don't have a lift. Mm-hmm. And it, and where where's Joe? And my teacher's wife went, Oh, Joe's on holiday. And she and she put, Oh, he didn't tell me. And I got really angry. I was so angry. And I was, I was trying to relax on my holiday. I was like, I can't believe that she's mad at me. Mm. Like I, and it was, it was the words that I didn't like. It was like he didn't tell me. I was like, well, I'm not entitled to tell you anything. I went on holiday. It's your, you know, but at this point, I gave this person maybe three or four lifts. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a set plan. When I got back off holiday, I, was, I had a chat with my teacher. And I was really shirty about it. Like, and um, I got a little bit irate about it. And he did tell me to calm down. To be fair, I was irate about it. And I said, I couldn't believe what was being said online. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, no, she, she said, uh, you know, she didn't know. I went, no, she said, I didn't tell her, which is a very different yeah. wording. And he got, he, he was, you know, you need to calm down, mate. Just, you know, don't make such a big deal out of it. And I said, no, do you know what? I'm just getting really fed up of everybody take, taking advantage of me. Hmm. And it, it came out then. And he was like, what's that supposed to mean? I said, I'm just getting really fed up of everyone abusing my generosity. And he said, you talking about me as well? And I went, yes. 
<laughs> it just it just fell out of my mouth. I went, yes. Mm. I'm getting tired. I'm exhausted of doing things for people and no, there's no reciprocation. Mm. Right? At this point, I was actually giving him a lift home. This was this was after this was after a class. So this was already kind of awkward. I was driving him home. And he said, I'll try I, I, I could try and use his exact words. But his parting words to me at the end of that conversation was if people choose to abuse your generosity and you don't like it, that's your fault and that's your problem. Wow. wow. Which I mean, what do you what do you do with that? Like <laughs> so what he was basically saying was because I was being a nice guy, because I was being generous, it's it's perfectly acceptable to abuse someone's generosity if the generosity is there to be abused. Mm. Wow. And That's yeah, cool. that took me a little while to process that. By this point, he'd gone out and shut the door and went back in the house. And um, at this point, I was bubbling. I was, I was angry, but I was also like, I was trying to process this conversation. And... Um, at this point, I already had a lot going on as it was. So I, I said that uh, my wife was seven months pregnant. I had my sister-in-law living with me and she was very unwell. Mm-hmm. And I got home after that. So, this, so we had karate. I took him home. There was a break. And then we normally have Tai Chi later on in the evening, mm-hmm. uh, which um, I would have normally given him a lift. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. I went home and I was just trying to process this this conversation. And I was thinking he was, so it was a really awkward conversation as well, because he was, he was just about to go away. Mm-hmm. So this was, this was one of the uh, going away dates on this list. So whilst processing this conversation I had with this student and I, this conversation I had with him, I was trying to process, well, now I've got, a, I'm going to have my generosity abused again. So I've got, I've got to go to work. I had karate and Tai Chi classes to take in his absence, as well as looking after his house, his dog, both of his allotments, and looking after my pregnant wife and my ill sister-in-law. It's impossible. It's impossible. Mentally, it's impossible. But physically, it's almost impossible. Because if anything was to go wrong, something had to give. Because I, I then started thinking all of the scenarios in my head. I was going, well, what if, what if my wife gets ill? What if my sister-in-law gets ill? Then I can't look out. You know, the dog doesn't get fed. If I don't water the plants, they're going to die. If I don't turn up a karate, then there's some safeguarding issues there. There, there. There's so many. So I just, I just, I had to just rip it. I just had to rip the bandaid off, and I had to just go and find him, and just I can't do it. Mentally can't do it. Physically can't do it. I just haven't got the capacity to do it. And I actually, him and his wife were there. And I actually had, I had a really good chat with her. Like she was being really reasonable. She was going, okay, let's talk, but calm down. Let's talk about this. Let's go through it. And she was like, what if, what if we canceled the Tai Chi? You know, what if we, what if you just did the karate? And I said, yeah, but even then I, I it was just, 
it was the going to work, looking after Lom, looking after the dog. It just wouldn't have been time. And especially with the, the wife and sister-in-law, if anything went wrong, everything else is going to go wrong. Yeah. This is too much of a risk. Whilst all this was happening, uh, he was sat in the car, just, you know, grinding his teeth. And I could tell that something was brewing, that he just wanted to say something. And eventually after all of this, and by this point, I was like, I was welling up. I was like, I didn't want to upset anyone. I I was in a position where I couldn't make anyone happy. Mm -hmm. And, And around this point, he sort of got out of the car and he was like, oh, why don't you just, just, just get on with it. Like that was his kind of approach to everything was just, just get on with it and you'll be fine. I was like, you're not, you're not appreciating the way that I feel. And he said, just stop moaning about it and just do it and everything will be fine. I, and I said, I've, I've never, ever talked to him like this before, other than earlier that day, but I went, you are being unreasonable. Mm-hmm. I, to- I told him to his face that you are being unreasonable. And there was a whole back and forth about loyalty, uh, which is a word, oh, it's a word I can't stand anymore. I think because karate just kind of poisoned the meaning of that word. Mm. There's a difference between loyalty and commitment. Yeah, I don't want my students to be loyal to me. I want them to be committed to their training and to mm. themselves, right? And he started spouting off all of that, and that just made me even more angry. I think he just at one point said, are you doing it or not? And I just went, no. He went, he turned to his wife and said, fuck him, let's go. Those were, those were, those were his parting words. Hmm. Fuck him, let's go. Got in the car, drove off, and that was it. Just left me, left me in this car park. With so many feelings, I didn't know which one to deal with first. So, so I just remember crying because I thought this guy that was my mentor, he was my light. He was the guy that was going to give me all the wisdom I need to go into the future had just stood on me. Mm. And I pondered on this for about three days, um, what to do, because obviously I was meant to be taking these classes whilst he was going away. And I went over all these eventualities. What happened if I stayed? What happened if I left? Would I be, would I be um, showing weakness if I carried on? Mm. Well, I think it would be just increased abuse. You can take that much. You can. Let's see how much you can take more. Yeah. So, so that was a consideration. It was like, is this my crack in the door? to to leave and um and i decided to and i sent i sent an email it was a very nice and a very short email i said due to recent um conversations and behaviors i've decided to part ways with the club mm-hmm. and step down from my duties as um senior instructor despite everything that's been said, I thank you for your years of training. And um, 
I got a kind of a neutral email back from the wife. This wasn't from him. He wasn't very, he wasn't a very good IT guy. And she said, well, I don't, I don't understand your reasons for living, for, for, for leaving, but you've, you seem to have thought, I assume you've thought this through. So fine. Mm-hmm. Again, a seemingly all right email. I assumed everything was done. I was still having all these confusing feelings about whether I made the right decision or not. But over the next three, no, even still to this day. So this is seven years later. I'm still getting online abuse from both of them. Oh, wow. Both of them. Yeah. So they, they hold the grudge. Yeah. So more, more, well, give you one example. Um, a bunch of his black belts left came and joined my club. Mm-hmm. And they were all no, sorry, they were all um, first cues. It just happened to be they were all eligible to take their black belt. And I said, "Come and train with us. We'll get you guys trained up." Because they were being dragged along about mm-hmm. their black belt. They didn't know when it was going to happen, and blah blah blah. And uh, so I trained them up a little bit. They knew they knew the syllabus anyway, and then tra- then got them all their black belts. It's a very successful day, very well deserved. And one of my friends who was a student from the old club shared this post online. It was, mm. it was all of us. And Andy Kidd was a, was the guest um, examiner. And because I wasn't friends with my teacher or wife on Facebook, but my friends was, mm. they started commenting. And it erupted into this huge argument amongst about four or five people. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was disgraceful. So his, so, so my friend, yeah, I remember now. So my friend commented saying, well done to all the, all the new black belts and well done to Sensei Joe for getting them there. Mm-hmm. And my teacher commented and said, and there was me thinking I had some involvement with this. Oh, silly me. Which is kind of the way that I expected him to reply. Mm-hmm. It's a very passive. He's very he's very passive aggressive mm-hmm. online and a little bit in person. Definitely online, he's passive aggressive. Whereas she commented, so the wife commented and said, "Looks like a bunch of um, rejects from the previous association." Mm-hmm. So that so myself, Andy, and all of the students that we graded were all from that association, from the previous one. I won't name the association for obvious reasons, but said, um, you all look like a bunch of rejects mm-hmm. with a with a bunch of puking emojis. Right. Which is I didn't care. But but the, but the student, I was thinking about the students because I remember what it was like getting my black bow and it was one of the greatest feelings of my life, mm. getting your first Dan. And these two were trying to take it away from them. And these guys, you know, two or three of them were under 16. And I, I just couldn't believe that they were trying to take it away from them. They were trying to take the credit. Mm. Even Even I wasn't taking the credit. I, I told them this this wasn't me, this was you. I I lay down the path, you're the one that walks it. 
Mm. You got to put the hard work in. And this carried on. This this kind of passive aggressive online abuse went on for years. It's still, I still get it now. Wow. So how did you how did you process all that stuff? How how did you get over it? Because it must have felt really bad to be kind of set up, abandoned, rejected, kicked out. I can't I can't believe I'm going to say this, but that online abuse. Every single time I got abused online, and I got I got emails as well, mm-hmm. telling me that I was disgraceful and didn't listen to a word he said, and your loyalty is misplaced and all that. Every time. Either of them put something online about me or about my club or about my students. All it did was just make me happier and happier and happier that I left. Mm. So the online abuse didn't affect me negatively. It affected me positively. Oh, that's good. Which is which is yeah, that's not really how it pans out for most people. They, it affects people negatively. But for me, because we'd already had that um, argument that led me leaving, it just added more um, more reasons to make me happy for leaving. Okay, it took a few years. Mm. Um, and then when it got to the point where I no longer cared, I then I then blocked him. I blocked both of them because I went through a phase of I wanted to know what they were saying. If any, so people would tell me that oh he's he's slagging you off online, so I was like okay, I'm gonna, I didn't care. I just wanted to. Mm. I was interested in what he said, and then I started to think, no, okay, I'm clinging on to this. Yeah, I you know, I'm I'm looking for things that he's saying, so I eventually blocked. It's it's, it's funny how uh, how we. Uh, kind of cling to those things, isn't it? Yeah. I, I I wish I wish other people had a different had, had had a similar experience where it did make people happy. But unfortunately, online abuse is a is a is a living, breathing thing, mm. and it affects people to to, a, to, un, to unspeakable levels. What uh, what would you recommend people to do if they find themselves in a situation? I see we've got the ten minutes left on the meeting. Yeah. Um, what would you recommend them to? What they should approach? How they should brace themselves uh, mentally? I guess in the position that I was in, I because I physically stepped away, I was able to mentally step away as well. Mm-hmm. Which is easy. It's easy to tell somebody to mentally step away, but just kind of just look at it for what it is. Look at the situation for what it is. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't get engulfed in it. And don't swim in it. Just kind of pull away and look at everything from the outside. Now, I was able to do that because I literally did that. Mm-hmm. I was able to leave, go and do something else, and look back at what was going on. And I, I go, what an idiot! I can't believe I did all that stuff like all of my friends were going mate you're teaching like four five six classes a week four weeks and not getting paid you don't mm. see the problem with that and i was going no you don't understand mate you don't understand it's crap it's the, it's the world of crap it's apprenticeship i'm a senpai that's what you do it's what you do just just brushed it off now i look back here i think yeah i was an idiot but one thing i pride myself on is i don't i don't get 
angry or upset over mistakes I've made because I can't do anything about it. Mm. It's in the past. I can't time machine myself back there and change it. So I learn from it. And that's how, that's how I, that's how I'm a better teacher. I'm a better student and I'm a better person because of it. So I learned a lot of valuable lessons, life lessons from what happened between me and him. Mm. I think that's the, that's the one of the biggest steps just to not, uh, uh, dwell on your mistakes and just let them go um, we're constantly working on that with my meditation group to not blame yourself for uh, mistakes that not necessarily are your fault even those which are your fault yeah especially when there's uh, a hierarchy mm. when there's a hierarchy and you're not at the top of it yeah it's very easy for people in that position to control what you do and how you feel and what you say and it does feel like you have no control and for a long time it did it didn't feel like I had any control especially when we were talking about my future I didn't have a hand on the wheel Mm. which yeah those were some of the red flags and alarm bells that were popping up thinking my my future was determined for me Mm -hmm. and I didn't like that I didn't like that feeling of being sort of pushed down a path instead of being sort of directed down a path or being given several paths. I was being pushed down this one that I wasn't very happy with. And I didn't have the courage to tell him at the time. So this is, this is something that I discussed before about the courage. I had a lack of courage during that time that I was training there, but I had bucked up the courage at the end and beyond. Mm-hmm. So I discovered courage. Well, like a, a proper hero story that, you know, you're starting unaware, then you develop the character, you develop the courage, and uh, and then um, you're becoming a hero. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. So if, I suppose, if anyone's gone through anything exactly like that or something similar to just... Look at look at the past, the present, and the future. The one that you're going to lead and the one that you could have led. So this sort of alternate reality thing. I do I do that sometimes. I think, oh, you know, I left that club sort of seven years ago. What would my life be like if I was still there? Hmm. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't think that way. Um for for positive mental health reasons but it does every time i have those thoughts i think no i'd be in a worse place yeah slave yeah and um my wife actually opened up to me about this at one point and said if you stayed and you were as committed to that club as you as you were there is possibilities it could have affected our marriage Mm, definitely that, that was a that was a very um hard thing to swallow yeah um to hear that it, it, our, our relationship wasn't on the rocks and it never has never will but she said in that alternate reality if i was going to be more committed to him than to my wife or potentially to my family then yeah, yeah. That, things like that make me think. Yeah, I have gone down a better path. I'm, I've got both hands on the wheel now. 
Mm-hmm. So I can I can control thing the things I want how I want it to be done, and the way I want it done is I want my students to have the freedom. Mm. So that analogy of the both hands on the wheel that's not me controlling how 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 my students progress that's just me mm-hmm. so i want my students to train with whoever they want and do whatever they want to do because as we as we know we're training together quite often yeah so, yeah you're going for seminars and you're one of the most um open-minded um people i met thank you so, and i'm sure your club gonna be a great success as it is already with a great space, great teachers, and great content. Yeah, I mean, a great a great example as well would be if I have students that go to uni, and I'll yeah. tell them, if you're ever in the area, you want to just pop in, you just want to hit something, you want to shout at someone, come on down and say hi, and they do, which is which is amazing. They don't have to, mm. but the fact that they you know they're going to be back for a little bit, they want to come back. Now, in, in my old club, if they were gone, they were gone. Mm. They were out of there. But I know that um, my old teacher had very unusual ideas of education. He didn't believe in higher education. Ah. Nice. Um, which actually, that's how I ended up where I was. I didn't, I didn't go to university. And the major reason was that he didn't want me to. Oh. So you've been quite controlled by him. Yeah, to that point where he was making life choices for me. Oh, right. Now, I regret it. Obviously, I look back and think, what an idiot. But that was, how much, that was how much influence he had on me. Yeah, you didn't know better, so... No, so I, I didn't... You know, I missed out. You know, it's gone. It's gone now. That, that you know, youthful university life's gone. I'll never get that back. Because he believed that training was more important than higher education. Mm. Well, you, you, you freed yourselves. Uh, you are now independent completely. Like you said, you, you're on a steering, holding the steering wheel. You're driving where you want. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're going to call this episode the past, the present, the future with Joe Andrews. I like that. I like that too. Uh, thank you, thank you, uh, Joe, for your time. And uh, you're the first one on the Anxious Blackbird return. Excellent. I feel I'm, I'm honoured. <laughs> thank you for your time, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. How do you think it went? Okay? Right, I'm going to stop that. If you enjoyed this, enjoy this conversation, please um, connect with Joe for the Facebook instagram and they have a great youtube channel that you should be following and they present a lot of good content um, and uh, sharing their story sharing their progression in martial arts and karate and how they develop in their club Uh, i will catch you up on the next one sports social podcast network